Hello everybody, Dr. Rick Wallace here, dropping in with a little special announcement for those who have followed me for any stretch of time. You know, outside of the businesses that I run, like Myriad Business Solutions, the Visionetics Institute, Odyssey Media Group, I also do a great deal of work inside of the inner city communities uh, in Houston, Dallas, and other areas. Uh, I'm asking now as we push a fundraiser that you support what the Odyssey Project is doing in the inner cities, uh, especially with programs like Black Men Lead, which is a rite of passage uh, initiative, and Restoring Ghetto for, Ghetto's Forgotten Daughters, which is a program focused on helping young girls, but boys as well, suffering from childhood sexual abuse. Uh, rape, molestation, domestic abuse, uh, absentee fatherhood, and so many other things. Uh, the information will be in the box. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. Hope everybody is having a great week. Uh, look, I'm gonna get right into this. Uh, as you saw in the preempt, uh, we're in the middle of a fundraiser, show some love and support for the work we do in the community. The Odyssey Project as a whole, our research center, our think tank, our programs like Black Man Lead, wraparound services for mental health, domestic violence, and uh, things like what we're about to talk about here. Uh, my, my, my desk, my office is literally bombarded with stories of senseless killings, uh, unlawful arrests, uh, disproportionality, disproportionality and discrimination in education and so many more. And we go to war on all of these. I've had uh, head to heads with school districts in more than one place across the U.S on behalf of black students and I will continue to do so. Uh, we need your support. But uh, the reason I'm bringing this story to you is it's not unique in the sense that we've got a problem. Uh, just in this one little nuanced area of white people firing through doors, shooting black people. Uh, it happened to Ralph Yarrow, uh, the guy I think his name is Andrew Lester. Uh, he was an elder, elderly person, but he shot through a door for a kid who was simply ringing the doorbell, thinking he was at the address to pick up his siblings. Uh, fortunately, he survived, but he, he, he shot him twice. He shot him when he fell to the ground. He shot him again and then was telling him what, giving him commands. And luckily, he got up and was able to run. Um, in this instance, uh, if you want to know more about uh, Ajik, AJ Owens, uh, AJ, as she was affectionately, affectionately known, uh, I wrote a short write-up uh, with what we know about the case on the Odyssey Project website. The link is in the description box if you want to learn more about that. But I'm going to break it down for you uh, because there's so many different things that we need to be aware of here. But one of the reasons that I'm bringing it forth is that there is an increase in the number of instances where uh, the stand your ground and castle doctrine is being used as justification to shoot black people through doors. Uh, because they're standing on the outside of your door without propagation, unarmed, uh, they're being shot. And so uh, that's a problem. It's a problem anytime that an innocent person is killed, regardless of race. But when we're talking about protecting our community, 
preserving our community, preserving the sanctity of black life, giving black lives true meaning and value. It has to come on the heels of a willingness to stand up and defend black life at a level that makes other people uncomfortable, at a level that says there are consequences for taking black life uh, and that if there will be a consistent pressure from the black community to hold all accountable. Now, they're gonna obviously be those who are gonna come in and try to counter what I'm saying with the black on black crime thing. Well, all, there are more black people killing black people, yeah, and more white people killing white people. We've, I've debunked that black on black crime thing. Am I saying that we, we, need, we don't need to deal with the fratricide in the black community? I'm absolutely not saying that. Anybody who follows me knows that's probably my primary work with black men lead is to reduce African-American adolescent and young adult male violence in the inner city. That's been going on for decades. So no, I'm not saying we ignore it. What I'm saying is that doesn't in any way excuse infractions and encroachments upon black sanctity and black uh, the black right to have human sanctity and freedom to live. You don't get to say because y'all over there acting enough, I can come in and kill you and nobody can say anything about it. That's a foolish and stupid argument. And the only place it'll ever be applied is against blacks. You're never going to see anyone say to white people because you because 84 percent of your homicides are committed by other white people. We should have the right to come over there and kill you because y'all killing each other anyway. That never happens. More white people die at the hands of white people than black people at black people. Yes, it's a mathematical situation, but still, they act like it's an exclusive phenomenon. And the only people killing each other is black people when the truth of the matter, it's a proximity issue and it's based on uh, the, prox uh, the proclivity and the possibility and probability of rage in uh, rage uh, driven uh, behavior. Most violent behavior is emotional comes from somebody getting ticked off about something and before they calm down taking action. Now, some things are extremely calculated and they definitely hold the flag for calculated, uh, mapped out and planned homicides. They lead by far. Trust me, I've done the research. So with that said and getting that out of the way, yes, we do have a problem that we need to deal with the violence within our own community. If there's no enemy on the inside, the enemy on the outside can do us no harm. Absolutely correct on that. But we also must be very willing to sit up and say, while we deal with our issues, we are not going to tolerate you encroaching upon our freedoms to live. We are going to take a massive and emphatic stance on being willing to deal consequence to those who infringe upon our rights to live. We're not talking about uh, wealth here. We're not talking about education here. We're not talking about all the other ways that they encroach upon our freedoms. We're talking about the basic right to stay alive and the very little value given to black life. Now there are a whole bunch of social dynamics and media driven uh, framework and context that's wrapped around why this happens. I may get to it today, I may not, but what I want to talk about is how, in comparison to other situations, we aren't treated the same, or, and neither are they. And then I'm going to move into this specific situation with AJ. So, um, although Andrew, uh, what is his name? Andrew 
uh, Lester, the guy who shot Ralph Yarl, a 16-year-old simply going to pick up his little twin brothers from um, uh, a friend's house, knocks on the wrong door by accident and ends up getting shot. Um, AJ is trying to address a woman who they've been having some issues for two and a half years. And she's trying to address them because the woman has assaulted her kid. She's knocking on the door. And I imagine she may even been a not knocking aggressively, but she was on the other side of the door. And for what I understand, because I really want to look at this and understand, she's never put her hands on this woman. So while they've had their differences, this, this isn't it. And now the whole story is behind this woman not wanting AJ's children to play in an empty field she doesn't own. Sound like a story. Now here's the kicker. And I, she, her name isn't Karen, but it's Susan. Her real legal name is Susan Louise Lorix. And 58 years old, looking just like you would expect somebody who's miserable to the point they are antagonizing little kids to look. Life ain't been kind to her. But that doesn't give you the right to do what you did. Now, this thing is, there are two different stories that I've gotten. I haven't been able to confirm which one is completely accurate, but either way, she throws something at the kid. The first one is she runs them off of the, the, uh, the field, even swings an umbrella at them. And they run off so fast, they leave their, uh, their uh, iPad. When they realize the iPad is gone, uh, they go over and knock on the door, and she throws the iPad, hits one of the kids with it, and it falls and cracks the screen. AJ goes over to confront her about it, knocks on the door. She shoots through the door and kills AJ. The other story is when she went over to run him off the field, she threw a, a skate and hit one of the boys and AJ went to confront her about it and she shot through the door and killed. Anyway, the story ends. AJ was on one side of a closed door and this woman shot through this door and hit. And there's all this, well, I feared for my life and how afraid white people are of black people. And I'm going to get into that, if not today, uh, at some point, because it plays a role in how they interact on us and how easily they are able to weaponize their whiteness because of this inherent fear of black people. Well, first of all, when you have done somebody dirty for centuries and there's just this slight possibility that they may be able to come up, you're always a little edgy about them because you don't know what they're thinking. You don't know if that's the day they decide they're just going to get their revenge. So you're a little worried because you know the dirt. And even if you didn't do the dirt, even if none of your ancestors did the dirt, you know the dirt was there. You know you benefit from the dirt. You know that you've had it easier because of that dirt. And so you have your conscious playing tricks on you. So the the evil, bad, boogeyman, black man, black woman is out to get you. No, we're out here trying to live our lives. We're out here trying to grow and become better. We're out here trying to develop and get from underneath this bulk of schemes and machinations that have been constantly pressed upon us to hold us at bay because our giftedness and our intellect is starting to prove itself despite all of the machinations at play. And so 
That's what we're dealing with. We're not out sitting up and looking at somebody that has no real true impact on our lives saying, I think I'm just going to go jump on them. No. Now, you may catch one of us that we are at that point. We didn't have one of those days, one of those weeks, one of those months. And, and if you actually cross us, that might be that day that we got time. And if that's the case, that's the case. You need to learn how to leave people alone. You need to learn how to mind your business. You need to learn how to talk to people with respect. We have a problem. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to deal with this on an even greater level when I talk about uh, the fact that The Little Mermaid, which features Halle Berry uh, as the uh, as Ariel, um, how it's tanking in Asia, especially China and Korea, and some of the things that are going on that a lot of us obviously don't know about. And I'm going to deal with that in another video later today. It's coming up today. I promise you that. But I'm going to deal with this. So what we have to deal with first and foremost is here's the problem. You take Susan and Andrew, who both shot through doors at black people who meant them, who couldn't harm them. I'm not going to say what AJ was thinking. You done hit my kid. Yeah, I'm hype. So I'm not trying to be nice right now. And I've got a right to confront you. You hit my kid. What we need to be doing is having her family's back right now. Because what I can tell you is that within a matter of, first of all, it took seven days to arrest this woman. She shot through a door. And the, the first thing is they tried to play the political thing because they believe that we're stupid and that we'll just buy into it because they're so used to feeding us media bull and us buying it that they threw the whole stand your ground. Well, she was standing her ground. She was in her home, but the person she shot wasn't. You have to, there has to be a crossing of the threshold. There has to be a forceful crossing of the threshold without invitation for that to be in effect. And you have to literally believe, realistically believe that this person is going to call you, cause you, here's the thing, serious bodily harm. Now, it may be some variations depending on state, but it's not the self-defense thing of this 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 castle doctrine or this stand your ground thing isn't just a free-for-all to shoot people because they're knocking at your door and you might not like them but people will play their card especially if they feel they have an edge a old man in his 80s i'm gonna take that chance i mean what what i got to lose on anything i might get away with it because i'm old as a young black male standing on my porch and everybody believes black men are violent Everybody believes black men are criminal, criminal minded. Everybody believes all the BS that they parade across the screen about about 4% of the total population of black men. That's the image that's given to the world. So the world believes that all black men are like that. All black men are animalistic, over-sexualized and criminal minded. That we don't take care of our kids, despite the fact that uh, the Pew Research Center and Kaiser have both pr to produce studies that actually reveal black men are better fathers than white men a or Asian men. That we spend more time with our kids on average. We actually spend 
a larger percentage of our income on our kids on average. But we're only going to hear about the deadbeat dads. Actually, if you go and you look up almost every state's top 25 or 50 most uh, wanted uh, people for not paying child support, predominantly Latino. But that's not what they're showing. I mean, we we're given an, an uh, we're given a narrative, and it's put in front of us in, by way of imagery, and we buy into it. Well, if we're thinking that way about our own selves, about our own men, how do you think they're thinking about us? They see us as a threat. They see us as a threat to ourselves and a threat to them. Because there's a, if they are willing to kill themselves, never thinking y'all kill each other too, but if they're willing to kill themselves, they'll definitely kill me. And so I've got to protect myself. And some of them are actually simply acting out of hatred and they're using fear as an excuse. And again, there has to be a consequence because my reasoning says that if you actually fear me, why are you messing with me? Why are you antagonizing someone you fear? You're not the police. I'm not on your property. The ones calling on people because they barbecuing in the park. Barbecuing in yeah, that's definitely something that the police need to be aware of. They're out there barbecuing in the park. This actually happened. I know it's it's one of the most popular picture memes on the internet. You had to see it. And and it's always the, the, the bird watcher dude in Central Park gets called on. He's stalking me. He's watching me, tries to get him arrested. She ends up on the back end of that. Good for her. She lost her job. She got a bunch of other things that happened to good for her. I mean, stop jumping the gun. Stop doing that. And for her, what she doesn't realize, the greatest threat to her in open by a stranger is a white male. Statistically speaking. But let's get back to this whole AJ thing, because I want to give her some time. Here's a 35-year-old mother of four who is doing what mothers do, defend their cubs. She's been going at it with this woman about what her kids can and cannot do. They can walk on the sidewalk. They can play in the street. They can play in the empty field that doesn't belong to you. And until the person who owns that field says, no trespassing, I don't want anybody playing here. Nobody can say anything and you don't have a right to say anything at all. All you can do, if the owner were to put a no trespassing sign up and the kids were to go over there and play. It's called the police department. But you know what the police department is going to probably do? Regardless of what you think of police, they come out and see those kids playing. It's like, are you serious? You called us out here for that? That's the significance of kids playing. But she's made it an all out assault on her personal peace. Those kids are playing. Oh my God, kids are playing. And this is where this comes from, this two and a half year confrontation and conflict between these two adults about those kids. Now, uh, kids are kids. I'm not going to say they haven't done some stuff they probably shouldn't do. I don't know. I'm not going to speak on it. But what I can tell you is here's one thing that I've learned so far because I've looked into this. Is these kids are now going to need therapy because according to Pamela Diaz, who is the mother of A.J., um, 
they are feeling like it's their fault because their mom went to go defend them. So now we're talking about how are they going to grow up, the damage. You have heard about my research on epigenetics and it's specifically in the area of adverse childhood experiences. This is an emphatic adverse childhood experience on a scale. This is probably equivalent to two or three aces by itself. And while we haven't really gotten into complex uh, stacking of aces, this definitely qualifies. And so these children are really gonna need help and I hope they really get good solid help. Something that we need to be focused on, which needs to be accessible to our children and to adults and to families across the U.S. because there's so much we're dealing with that we haven't confronted and we're dealing with stacked trauma and re-injury. This situation was avoidable on a number of different ways. But here's the problem. It took seven days to arrest her. Andrew shot uh, Ralph Yarl. They, they questioned him and sent him home. He shot through a door. And then after the person was on the ground, he shot him again. He's on the ground and they let him go home. Uh, what's his name? Tra Travis Rudolph plays uh, for, I think he played for Florida State. Then he ended up playing for the New York Giants. Had a home up there. Uh dating this girl come to realize the girl he's dating is married finds out she's married confronts her about it she gets all upset because he found out and tries to tell him well i don't think you need to know it wasn't like we were still together but he said you were married and you didn't tell me so he tells her she needs to leave she hits him over the head with a bottle luckily he has a house with cameras he has cameras on the door looking at the outside. He has cameras and surveillance equipment on the inside. So it shows her hitting him over the head, a bunch of other stuff. He never attacks her, never assaults her, but escorts her to the door. Say, you got to leave, leave. She calls her brother. Her brother calls his boys. They send him texts telling him he's dead. They show up to his house one o'clock in the morning. I think it's one o'clock, but it's definitely late. One or two o'clock in the morning. Bamming on the door. He looks at the, you know, the, the, the monitor and sees the ring and sees him. He doesn't recognize him. First mistake. Went to the door without a weapon and opened the door. They come in, grab him, start roughing him up. His brother comes down. They grab him. They got guns. Grab him, rough him up. Now, all this stuff is on camera. Rough him up, whatever. Drag the brother outside, stumping, kicking the brother. He, he breaks away while they're getting distracted. He breaks away, gets his AR, comes out, fires a couple of rounds in the air, then fires over at the ones that's shooting at, uh, that's beating on his brother. They jump in the car and start to try to return fire. He says there were guns and they started to try to return fire. He was afraid that if they return fire, he would be hit or his brother would be hit. So he fired upon the car. He hit one of them. They were taken to the hospital. They died. They wasted no time arresting him, charging him, and he went to trial. He was acquitted because even though they dumped the gun and the car wasn't initially found, they were able to go back and find the dump gun. And then once the story started to unravel, the stuff start, then the truth started to come out. But they still tried to prosecute him despite the fact that these people in the Cayman house beat him and his brother.
but it, it, he shot outside of the house. But he was still in danger because they still had guns and they had them leaned out the car with the gun to return fire. Now, to me, right is right. I think that you have to be responsible. I believe that you you have a right to protect your home. I believe that you have the right to have a firearm in order to do so, because most people are not going to break in your house, bringing a bat with them. You have a right to defend yourself. But I think that it's simply put has to be a direct imminent threat to your well-being for you to be able to initiate lethal recourse. And the problem I have with this is, number one, the only reason she was arrested is because the community stood up, big name lawyers showed up. Got a problem with that too. Because like I said, this isn't a an isolated issue. This stuff comes across my desk and hits my office daily. One of the things we are swamped with is trying to be advocates for people who have no voices. See, if it's not making a lot of noise, if it's not something that's going to get media attention and get national attention and get a stir, you're not going to get the crumps and the Lee Merritt showing up. That's going to find a way to think. And the thing is, I really and truly hope that Ms. Diaz, uh, Pamela Diaz, who is the mother of AJ. Um, I really hope that this money that she's raising, I thank God. One of the things that I was frustrated with is they had started several GoFundMe for, uh, accounts for Susan and they were kicking off. And one of them was set for like a 1.5 million and they were kicking off and they were doing good. Uh, I can't find them. I believe, you know, they've been taken down. GoFundMe has this uh, ruled that um, people who have been accused of a crime can't raise funds for their defense. I don't know how I really feel about that because I know that sometimes people are innocent and can't afford a good attorney and the type of attorney and the amount of defense that you can pay for could be the, the difference between your freedom and your incarceration. And I know that it happens to blacks a lot, but this all stems from, by the way, Darren Wilson raising over half a million dollars for killing Mike Brown. What I want to talk about before I go on and finish this thing about AJ is in this AJ thing, we again, we again uh, get to see that killing blacks is big business. How much money has Lee Merritt made off of black death? I'm not saying we don't need attorneys fighting for us. But I would be uh, I would encourage anybody to talk to Tamir Rice's mom and ask why she has such an issue with him, why she doesn't want him working with her. Why she here's some things and I've talked about this and I'm going to I'm, I'm going to digress for a minute. Documentation is the key to leverage in anything what you can show. In real recorded content documentation is what you have in leverage for making demands how i feel about something doesn't mean anything so when lee merritt 
and Ben Crump run in, and, and, and I have an issue with them. I'm gonna tell you why. I've, I've, I've tried to get them to take several cases of people who are in similar situations, but there isn't the media attention and it can't for whatever reason be stirred up. There's so many things going on in Texas, so many things going on in Georgia, so many things going on in Oklahoma. That There's so many different things that, again, come across my desk. But anyway, they go in, they negotiate. In most instances, these are cop killings, right? easy win. Go in, negotiate with this, that they have insurance. They're going to pay off a certain amount into the millions. They go to the family. Here's what you don't see. You, you don't see the family after these settlements talking bad about the city or the police department. That's a part of the settlement. You don't see them in any interviews or anything like that. The other part is even worse. When we're trying to prove patterns, when we're trying to prove something is systemic, then what we need is a consistent flow of evidence to show it. When you when you cut a deal, part of the deal is saying we are we are we are agreeing to the settlement not because we are acknowledging guilt, but if you take it to trial, there are these things called pretrial depositions in civil court. In pretrial dep depositions, you get to question the people, and they are under oath. And because it's a civil case, they don't get to say. I invoke my right, my Fifth Amendment right. That's against uh, incriminating yourself. This isn't a criminal trial. Now, what they can say is, I don't recall. And you hear that a lot when they know the answer is not what they want people to know. I don't recall. But even that's an answer that people can read into. You want the I don't recall in there because that's somebody saying I ain't telling you the truth. So but when you don't have a deposition and you don't have these things on hand, then what happens? The family gets the money, but the family normally gets the money with no, no support system, no sense of direction of what to do with it. It normally becomes a point of conflict in the family. It normally becomes a point of destruction within the family. And because they have, don't have the means or the understanding of what to do with the money, it's short-lived and oftentimes poured back into the very economy that it came out of that oppressed them in the first place because there isn't a system or a protocol or an agenda in place to properly address this issue. Lawyers are necessary, but they can't be the guiding force behind it because if I'm getting 33% of what you're getting and I can go negotiate that with my eyes closed and all I got to do is convince you to be quiet, stop talking about it. And one of the first things that happened is when Ben Crump shows up, all of a sudden, her mom is saying, we don't want you guys protesting. And why not? Because he's already made the city a promise that he's going to calm things down. My thing is, I'm not an attorney, so I have no horse in the race about what attorney does this. But an attorney needs to have an understanding of something more than the law in negotiating cases, negotiating settlements. you got to understand implications of how this thing is going to play out. And so when we don't have a series of situations in multiple cities and sometimes multiple times in a singular city where this is happening and there is a pattern that can be read in the behavior, you can start talking about unwritten policy. You can start talking about how we can see that in white neighborhoods, it's protect and serve in black neighborhoods, it's police. And we can talk about it because now we can pull these cases that were done 
in a legal for, uh, in a legal forum and documented legally and recorded and kept legally, and we can sit up and create this. It's not just simply the emotion of a video that you can show. There's no establishment of it. There's a reason why the King family took the U.S. government to court in 1999 and sued them for the death of their father, because just the implica implication of them being culpable in their father's death speaks volumes beyond whatever money they felt they might be able to recoup. You have to learn how to use the system for yourself. It's been used against you for so long. You simply retreat from it and take whatever it gives you. Sometimes you got to fight for it and it may be a little harder and you may get a little less, but the impact you make means that your great grandchildren might not have to deal with it at all. We have to understand this. But again, here come the attorneys. They're going to get 33.33% of whatever they get. That's 33.33% of an average settlement of roughly around three to $5 million. A couple has been over seven. And this is constant. And so now it's the idea that when you hear that name, you know, I'm going to get paid. So yeah, come on in. And we're losing sight of something that's extremely valuable. Now, the one thing that I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm doing, so I'm going to be very careful. I'm going to go back and I'm going to make myself clear. And I'm going to apologize if I was taken out of context. I'm not judging the family because what I can tell you is I've seen the pain in that woman's face. Her mother, I've seen the pain, but she's got a family to take care of. And she is right now raising money. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the black community because she tried to she's trying to raise five hundred thousand dollars for uh everything from bearing her to the kids education to housing the kids and taking care of the kids these are young kids so they got some time to grow up and she's probably going to be the one taking care of them and she's if her daughter is 35 she's probably at retirement age so she probably needs more than 500,000 if she really wants to go at it and i hope she gets way more than 500,000 and I hope that she gets somebody who has the knowledge to show her what to do with the money she raises so she'll never have to worry about it again. And she can actually create trust funds for them for when they grow up and they won't have to worry about paying for college and none of that stuff if it's done right. I really hope that happens for her. But uh, so I'm not judging her for dealing with Crump. She's been convinced that he's going to hold them accountable. Well, them this time isn't the city. Them this time is this woman. And the only recourse this woman has, from what I'm pretty understanding, looking at where they are living, is if she has homeowner's insurance with a liability policy on it. And that's normally still in the average home. The liability policy is somewhere 100000 200000 unless there's some kind of other rider on it that gives more money if somebody is wrongfully murdered in the house and i don't know um that may be some kind of way to say that the city could have done something to stop that and that's hard um but obviously there there is a leverage and a, an angle that has him there um you don't get him showing up at the small places and 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 i would have a lot better opinion of him if they were showing up to places where it wasn't a big win because to me, those people matter too. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to place a different value on a black life by how much money can be won on their case. I'm going to say that because you are my brother, 
your life matters because you are my sister your life matters in these cases that come into my office i don't look at any other socioeconomic situations i look at what's going on and i sit up and i make phone calls and i call and i put people in places to try to do things to the best of my ability to the best of my resources but a lot of times especially when it comes down to uh, discrimination within the school system, the healthcare system, or things like that. I go personally. I take my expertise and I go personally and I sit down, I go toe to toe. I've gone toe to toe with uh, superintendents, directors, uh, VPs, uh, board members. I have done this for years. I'll, I mean, Charlotte, Mecklenburg, on down. Uh, places that I wouldn't even know the school district exists if somebody hadn't contacted me. And I think that we need more people to be advocates for our, 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 our communities, uh, for our kids. Definitely our kids are at such a disadvantage is crazy. Now we got two children. Uh, I, I see no mention of their father, unfortunately. Uh, it may just be an oversight. It may just be that he's in the background, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it makes it clear she's a, a mother of four, doesn't say she's married. Oh yeah. She, uh, they made sure the classifier is a single mother. She's a single mother, affectionately known as AJ. Um, so that's that's another issue we, we, we can't deal, but we understand that that's an ace. Mom and dad not together. That's an ace. Uh, and it has far-reaching implications on a sociological level, how we racially socialize our children so much more. So these children have a very hard road ahead of them before this happened. Now they've got an increasingly tough road ahead because they're going to have to find a way to heal from this trauma. They're going to have to find a way to process it and grow and become what they need to become. So again, when I look at this, my call to the black community is this. We've got to be more vocal. And especially when it comes to this, and I, I, I want to be very clear here. We need to give the same level of force and passion when a black sister gets killed as we do when a black male gets killed. Um, she deserves, the, you know, I, I think about Breonna Taylor. I, I think about uh, this young lady and I think about others. Um, uh, Sandra Bland. Uh, we went hard for Sandra. But we need to give them the same level of force and attention and passion and commitment as we've given Mike Brown, as we've given Oscar Grant, as we've given George Floyd, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey, I think that we've got to also say, look, keep your hand off our women, whether it's another woman that does it, whether it's a man that does it. And we also, this is important, we're going to have to put a moratorium on Black death in our community, within our community. We are expecting people to see our value when we are behaving as if we don't see it ourselves. Now, there are a lot of insinuating uh, issues and circumstances. There is a lot of uh, complex mechanisms at play that create behaviors that we have to be aware of. And I've talked about it. I've written about it in numerous volumes. It's definitely in book 19, Born in Captivity, and book number 23, uh, the undoing of the African-American mind. It's in both of those. Uh, and we talk about this, but still we have a responsibility to address and mitigate the violence within our community. 
Uh, and we do that by, you know, a number of different things. We need to socialize our children. We need to have socialization uh, programs. Uh, we do that with Black Men Lead. But you also need to have programs that are designed to create uh, consequence. That needs to be warriors in our community that hold people accountable, insiders and outsiders. You cannot be inside the community causing harm to those in the community. And that's a code of conduct that we must develop within ourselves. There has to be a black code of conduct. There has to be a blueprint. There has to be an agenda. There need to be protocols in place that say, when this happens, this is what we do. We can't consistently and continuously react to infractions and encroachments upon our peace. We need to have a protocol driven behavior, meaning that we know what happens. If this happens, we just do it. We don't, we don't have to think about it. It's driven. It's a protocol. It's a practice. Anything without protocols is subjective to emotional reaction. And you can't win that way. You need to know when this happens, this is what I do. Don't need to be mad to do it. This is what I'm going to do. Why do I not? Why do I need something that governs and controls and drives me even when I'm not angry? Because anger is an emotion that doesn't have a high level of endurance. You can't stay mad forever. You get pissed off, you get upset. Eventually that wears off. And it's draining as hell. You need something you can sit up there and say, that's wrong. This is what we do. And when you develop those protocols, it becomes a consistent a uh, precise response to things. People are going to know if I do this to them, this is exactly what's going to happen to me. Then the guessing game is over now. Can I get away with it? No, you can't. And this is what's going to happen to you if you do it. Then when you start applying consequence to undesirable behavior, that undesirable behavior, undesirable behavior will diminish. It's the thing I I've told people this all the time. Whenever I was talking about cops coming into the hood and killing black boys and, and, and a bunch of other things that are going on. I say, start applying a consequence to it. Everybody's so caught up in morality. That's just wrong. They shouldn't People aren't acting on morality. They're acting on the fear of consequence. What they don't want to happen to them is governing what they do. Yeah, there are some, especially blacks. Blacks are probably the most moral people on the planet. We believe everything needs to be done a certain way because Everybody don't think that way. They'll act that way. They'll play that card. But it's no way you could have treated me and my people and my ancestors the way you treated us over 400 over the last 400 years and talk to me about morality. I'm not buying. There's no way you can know that the last 400 years happened and not be actively looking for ways to correct the wrong and talk to me about morality. I'm not buying. So then it's about what you feel we can and cannot do to you by what you're doing. And right now you have no fear. You have no concerns. You're not worried. And until we create that, and I don't mean talking about going and burning down stuff, they, they'll rebuild it with our money because we're spending it in their economy. We need to be stronger. We need to be better. We need to be what we are capable of being in this world. So again, my heart goes out to the family of AJ Owens. 
my challenge to my people is to not let this be something that passes by. We need to see it to the finish line. We need to show solidarity. We need to develop a unified way of approaching this. And we need to challenge uh, those within the legal academy that represent us to understand the dynamics at play on a larger scale than these singular settlements and the importance of having patterns documented because there are governing bodies bigger than the US government. We are going to have to play a lot smarter than we've played. So I'm going to call it um, on this one. Uh, again, um, if you want to read more about the story and learn more details on the story, I'll put the link in the description box. Uh, also, as I, as I said, and you saw at the beginning of this, show some love and support for the work we do at the Odyssey Project by supporting uh, the Black Man Lead, or you can, you can give and designate to generally give, because we have the Research Center, we have the uh, Think Tank, we have all the other programs that deal with domestic violence, intimate partner, homicide, mental health, uh, mental illness issues, and so much more. Uh, so we really truly do need your support. Uh, on that note, uh, if you want to support, look in the description box. At the top of the description box, there's going to be several different ways that you can give. You can choose what you want to give to and where. On that note, I'm out of here. You guys have an unbelievable remainder of your day. Yeah. Yeah. They said I Hello everybody, Dr. Rick Wallace here, dropping in with a little special announcement for those who have followed me for any stretch of time. You know, outside of the businesses that I run, like Myriad Business Solutions, the Visionetics Institute, Odyssey Media Group, I also do a great deal of work inside of the inner city communities uh, in Houston, Dallas, and other areas. Uh, I'm asking now as we push a fundraiser that you support what the Odyssey Project is doing in the inner cities, uh, especially with programs like Black Men Lead, which is a rite of passage uh, initiative, and Restoring Ghetto for, Ghetto's Forgotten Daughters, which is a program focused on helping young girls, but boys as well, suffering from childhood sexual abuse. Uh, rape, molestation, domestic abuse, uh, absentee fatherhood, and so many other things. Uh, the information will be in the box. Thank you.